Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Why. Today we want to talk about Mishram Sinekar and evangelical synchronism. Part of it. I don't think the whole I thing. I mean the concept. The concept, of, the concept yes. Of. We're going to talk yes. about mixing truth with a lie, we're basically going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't care how many times you spin that lie, it never turns so into the truth, right? Right. So we're going to talk about that today. Why don't you join us Behind the Why? Before we get involved in this, I want to take a moment just to say thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon mm -hmm. and that uh, have helped us get some more equipment. You notice we've had some equipment changes over the time here. We're going to be doing some more equipment change to help uh, build up this recording capability to get these messages out to you. We want to thank you, but also take a moment to go and hit that bell and like and subscribe so we can continue to get this message out to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And again, if you'd like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at Realist podcast. Mm -hmm. So let's get behind this now and talk about evangelical synchronism. Syncretism, I believe syncretism. it is. Syncretism. 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 Yeah. So what's interesting about it talk is I came, I came across this idea. It was actually a suggestion on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I think because of some things I've been searching for. Right. Right. So our last episode talking about progressive Christianity, right. and I was watching a ton of just different videos and just reading up on it. And then, anyways, evangelical syncretism had come up, and it was a podcast episode. Um, through, I forget what it's called. It's, it's on Grace to You. It's sponsored by Grace to You, I guess. It's a part of that. Um, Daryl Harrison. He was He's on the Just Thinking podcast. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't the Just Thinking podcast. It was something else. I, don't, I forget what it was. Do you have a point you're trying to make? Yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a point. My point was <laughs> Daryl Harrison was talking about evangelical sequentism. Right. So then I was like, huh, what is this thing? So I looked it up. Okay. And basically, like you said in the intro, it really is just mixing, not necessarily tr in the concept in the context of Christianity, mixing a truth with a lie. Right. But really, like if you talk about like religious syncretism, it's simply the mixing of two different faiths or beliefs, which makes or, no sense. Which makes no sense. But I think we see it all the time, and especially currently, I think you just look at the progressive Christianity. I think it's a perfect example. Or you look at. Uh, another big trend in the Christian church right now is even kind of new age ideas coming into the Christian you, you, faith. You say new trend, but I remember back in the 80s when the new age really began to take off. You know, I remember it was a song that the fifth dimension sang. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, age of Aquarius, Aquarius. And it was all talking about bringing in this new age. It was a song that was done about the end of the age of the fish. The new age was starting out. The fish being the Christianity. The new age starting. And it all related back to that. Is that it a Christian just, group singing Oh, it? gosh, no. It's the fifth dimension. I don't know who that is. Oh, my gosh. I have failed in my education of my child. Okay? Immediately after his class on popular music of the 60s and 70s. We'll get there. I know a lot of popular music from the 60s. I know. But how do you one? not know about the fifth dimension? Never told me about anyway, it. so we get back to this this new age, and that's where we saw a whole new birth of this idea with crystals and all this other right. stuff that came out of new age. So it's, it's a, again, it's a tired lie that's being retreaded. Right. So, But you know, when you were thinking, we were talking about this, and, we, and as we begin to really just bubble this thought around in my mind, I said, Lord, what is this? I'm starting thinking about scripture, and I'm like, this is so old news. Hmm. This is, think, Galatians, okay. the book of Galatians. Paul writes to the Galatians, who has bewitched you? Huh. Who has bewitched you? You're right, old news. And that whole argument <laughs> there was this combination of Judaism right. with Christianity. Huh. And Paul said, did you receive the spirit by the working of the law? And the answer, rhetorical question, the answer is no. 
And even when Peter got there, remember he by then Paul said that he was eating and drinking with the with the uh, mm -hmm. with the uh, uh, Gentiles until the Jews came. And then, and then he started acting back. like a yeah. Jew. Yeah, that's all that was. Is that Peter wow. now was trying to mix by virtue of being shamed, um, uh, forced into it, how we may call it, being fear of being canceled. I don't know what it was that mm -hmm. was called in the first century. But the point being is that that caused him to try to mix in the the. Uh, the acting faith of Judaism with Christianity. Mm -hmm. Paul had the same argument in the book of Philippians. I think right. it was in chapter three. He said they wanted people to be circumcised in order to come unto the true Christianity. Paul said, well, they be cut off, not circumcised, but just, what's the word? Emasculated, you know, emasculated. Paul said, mm -hmm. have them cut off rather than have you uh, go back to bowing down to this. And so this is the attitude that the modern day Christian, especially here, and I can only speak in with any kind of authority to the American church. Right. The American church needs to cut off all this junk. Mm -hmm. We're not going to mix in anything with Christianity because right. we talked about this last time. One drop of something other than what is pure makes that thing no longer pure. It's impure, yeah. And so we have to ask the question mm -hmm. to all those mm -hmm. who would give into this, whether we're talking about uh, the um, evangelical synchronism, syncretism. Know, syncretism, or what was the last one we had? Progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity. We have to ask ourselves a simple question, mm -hmm. and this is really what it comes as two questions combined. One is, do you believe Jesus when he said, I am the way, the, the truth, truth, and the life? And the life? <laughs> because if he is the truth, then you don't need anything else. As a matter of fact, if you add anything else to it, it ceases to be the truth. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is the same question that Jesus asked his disciples before he was going to be crucified. He was just getting ready to go up to Jerusalem where he was going to be turned over to the Gentiles and be crucified. And he asked the disciples sitting around a campfire one night, he said, who do people say that I am? Oh, they say that you're Jesus. <laughs> they say that you're, 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 you're lying. Who do you you're, say? You're, you're, you're a good prophet. <laughs> You know, you're a good businessman. Right. You're an excellent teacher. You did good for my 401k. You know, whatever mm -hmm. thought we may have. Jesus, oh, he's my good luck charm. He's mm -hmm. my, pe you know, all these things we have in the New Age, but he's another prophet. You know, even the, the Islamic faith will say that he's another prophet. Right. And so, but the question comes down, the same thing that Jesus asked those people around the fire. Who do you say I am? Mm -hmm. See, who is Jesus to you? Right. And when we come down to it, I cannot take anything and mix it with Christ. It doesn't work that way. I cannot combine those two things together because they will cease to be true. It reminds me, we were talking about the other, other day about how, you know, we in these bodies, we are living in corruption. Mm -hmm. And if we, you know, as we, we come to know the Lord and he renews us, we put on incorruptible, right. or incorruption, right? And it reminds me of, even we were talking the example of the water, right? You have this water, mm -hmm. pure water. Right, right. But as soon as, even if you put like something you can't even see in there, it's, 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 it's no corrupted. It's no longer pure. And so I think the same thing comes to the gospel. We start mixing things in there mm -hmm. and it's, it's now it's corrupted. No, and so we, we have to really keep the integrity by just keeping things simple. But when you see this really visible, I mean, we ignore it here in the Western church because we give ourselves all this leeway especially in America because of the, we give, we're putting so much emphasis on ethnicity now. Right. And so we see this really, this big push now on, on, on the uh, black gospel, mm -hmm. you know, and all these other aspects of the gospel. We see all these things that are coming out 
that you just cannot substantiate from the Bible. Mm -hmm. But because we mix them into American culture, they're not as offensive to us. Right. Especially if you're part of the black church and you put in these cultural things and it just makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. But it also makes sense to you if you're part of quote unquote the white church, if you mix in the things that are culturally normative for the white, or you have the Korean church or the Romanian church, and right. all these things in where it becomes something other than where you're speaking from language and trying to relate to people, where you let those things become a part of the rule. That's when mm -hmm. they get messed up. Where you see this really plain, especially like some of the South American reflections of Catholicism. Right. Where you have people have Catholic, uh, all the trappings of Catholicism mixed in with voodoo, mm -hmm. mixed in with other forms of Santeria and everything else happening, you know, in a solid like. But they'll still be praying to Mary and then Sunday and what I'm y'all like my Spanish accent. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> nice. so all these things begin and they get mixed in and what happens is that it doesn't hurt Santeria. Mm -mm. It doesn't hurt Voodoo. It just destroys Jesus Christ. It right. destroys Christianity. Right. Because Christianity is exclusive. It, it's it's what does light have with darkness? No. I think it's the same example there. Mm -hmm. It can't mix. And as soon as you try to mix it, you no longer have Christianity. And that's why people I tell people all the time, you know, Christianity is a very dogmatic faith. Right. And it's not dogmatism based on what I believe. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. It's not dogmatism based on what the council of churches say. Right. It really is dogmatic according to the word of God. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see so many people now trying to attack the integrity of the word of God. They come in and they'll say, well, I don't know if that really says what it says. Mm -hmm. They don't really mean what it means. you know. And, and so we have people put so much more faith in science, quote unquote science, which is more of a religion today in a lot of aspects it really than, it is, a than it is actual the study of knowledge. Right. I mean, for instance, this is a, a, a brief rabbit trail, a brief rabbit trail. We know that in evolution, there's two laws that cannot be violated. The law of thermodynamics, mm -hmm. right? The first law of thermodynamics, it says, first and second law of thermodynamics. First one says that nothing's neither being created nor destroyed. Right. The second one says things go from a state of order to disorder. Well, if you believe biological science, evolutionary science, it tells you that things were being created all the time. Mm -hmm. And it tells you that things started at a, a, a simple state, a very single cell, non-living non -living state, and then became a living organism. And not only did it become a living organism, it became a multi-cell living organism, then became many million different types of living organisms. So we went from nothing to something. So it's a violation of the scientific law that they're supposed to hold up past. Right. And, and so, we see people who who bow down and, and, and worship at that altar of, of faith while ignoring the Word of God. And, and you and you mm -hmm. see the Word of God where the Word, and we say this all the time, the Bible is not a science book. But where the Bible touches science, the Bible is always proven to be true. Which is fascinating. Which is completely fascinating. Hundreds, <laughs> thousands of years before contemporary science recognize that the earth was a sphere hung in space. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that in the book of Job. The earth is a yeah. sphere hung on nothingness. It tells you that before anybody even thought about it, before the modern science mm -hmm. even considered the fact of uh, cleaning and, and being pure on the medicine field, God said to wash your hands in running water to clean the bacteria away. Not like we did in the Civil War where we more people died from infection right? than from wounds yeah. because they were washing their hands in dirty water and treating the next guy. Mm -hmm. And so we understand that bacteriology agrees with the Word of God where it touches the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And all these things prove are proven true over and over and over again. So when it comes down to these new, quote-unquote, these new mm -hmm. lies, and go like what the Word of God says, right. there's nothing new 
Under the sun. Under the right, sun. nothing. It's all been tried before. Mm -hmm. And so we just keep practicing the same old tired lie. And so the real question is, here's the real question. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people give themselves to progressive Christianity or to this evangelical synchronism, or syncretism, however you want to say it? Why do you think people give themselves to it? I think part of it is the same that we talked about in the last episode. Come the on. simple fact that people don't know the word. Mm-hmm. Um, People don't want to submit to the word. Come on. So I think sometimes you might know it, but, you know, the more I, I read scripture, it's it's knowing the word isn't even enough, truly. It's submitting no. to Jesus as Lord. It's not enough. It's not a enough. A lot of people tell you, you just got to know the truth. No. You can give me a map to L.A. Mm -hmm. and I can study that map and know it inside out. But if I don't follow the map, I'm not getting to L.A. Exactly. You know, <laughs> and I, I think that's the, I think that's the. I think that's the bigger reason why people do fall into this um, mixing of things, right? Mm -hmm. Throwing out the truth of the gospel because you're adding what, whatever it might be to it. New age, positive thinking, mm -hmm. you name it. Freedom of sexuality. Yeah. All these things come under the concept of self-indulgence. And I think it's because they don't, people don't really want to submit to and, the word. And people say, okay, why are you being so dogmatic about this? Okay, this is the simple truth. I was reading this in scripture earlier today. That broad is the road and smooth is the way that leads to destruction. And many there are that travel upon it. Narrow is the road that leads to life and few there are that find their way. And at the end of these roads and two opposing directions, they're not running parallel where they just not together. No, they're opposite directions. One's going east, the other one's going west. If you're on the narrow road, it leads to life. Right. And if you're on that wide, smooth road, it's smooth, which means that what you're doing now is fun, it's easy, it's enjoyable. Mm. Okay? So the sin that you have now, whether that sin is homosexuality, whether that sin is greed, whether that sin is overindulgence, but it's working for whether you, it's hatred, <laughs> it works now. That's why right. you talk to these people mm. and you hear these, these interviews these people who commit murder and rape all these heinous crimes, they don't have any remorse. Right. Why? Because their road is smooth. What they're doing is working for them. Well, you, you know, even because I think it's easy to paint pictures like that, right? People who do these heinous things. Mm -hmm. But I came across this uh, tweet. This was a, I think it was like a couple, yesterday, was it yesterday? Anyways, took a screenshot. And Daryl Harrison, Same he guy. had said this. He said, many professing Christians are merely functional moralists. Mm -hmm. So Now define moralist for the for our audience. A moralist is someone, basically, who teaches morals or adheres mm -hmm. to a, a, a moral system. Right. Rightness and wrongness. You can follow Aesop. Right, exactly. But, but you have a sense of morality in some things are right, mm -hmm. some things are wrong. Mm -hmm. And I know some people who are just like, we talked about this before. Sweet people, they give you the shirt off their back. Yes, but they aren't believers. They don't, they don't know, know Jesus. Jesus. They don't know but Jesus. But they're but they have a system of morality, and they they have things that they think are good for society, things mm -hmm. they think are bad for society, and they want to do their best to uphold what is good, you know. But they still you don't know, know Jesus. I watched a documentary this past week, and I'm going to ask Ray to look up the the link to it and add it to our our credits here, because I want to give credit where credit's due. It was called Crack House USA. Mm. It's about these young black men in Detroit, not not Chicago, that rose up and took over the drug street drug deals. It was four people, but two in particular, but four guys total, and they followed their life and their families. And 
And I was watching them and their family, because it was real, it was a documentary, talk to the actual people. And uh, uh, this brother got arrested, and now he's been sentenced, a young man to, sentenced to 42 years in prison. So functionally, he will never see outside of prison. Uh, 42 years, 25 years, 15 years, and 10 was it for. So, but they were trying to, because these guys, their crime had gotten out of control. Hmm. But I was listening to people talk, and, and what I was hearing was this, this broad road was smooth. Hmm. They were doing what they enjoyed doing. They were making money hand over fist. They were selling dope. They were all this stuff. And the people whose lives they touch was just from spectrum, from the, the white collar businessman to the uh, street walking whore. They, hmm. they sold drugs to everybody. And they were making money hand over fist. Oh. And yet, I'm looking at that, and, and while they're on that road, it was smooth. They were high on the hog. They were calling shots, man. They were telling who would live, who would die. And they, would just, they had power. Mm. See, they're on, they were on that wide, smooth road. Right. And then all of a sudden, they got a comeuppance. And now they're in prison. Mm. And so one of the guy's father said to him, he said, well, my life's over, Pop. And he goes, no. He goes, you blessed because you still got a chance. You're still alive. Mm-hmm. You're, still, you're alive. He came short. He came just shy of telling him he needs to give his life to Jesus. He was on that track, you know. Mm. And I was thinking, that's what that smooth road is. See, that smooth road is why, whether it's progressive Christianity, quote, unquote, or whether it's synchronism, a blending ideas to make sure that you can have what you want while still feeling good about I'm going to church, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. If you're on that smooth road, that path is going to be nice and it's going to give you what you think you want. Right. But what you have to look at is the end result. And, and that comes down to simply this, you know, where does that road lead you? Right. C.S. Lewis said in his book, The Great Divorce. He said, to those who wound up in eternity in hell will look back at earth as if it were a great anteroom or a forum, a foyer. And they're going to say, all the blessings that I had on earth are a curse to me because mm. they blinded me to the grace and to the love of God. Mm. And now I am condemned in an eternity of hell. Right. And for those who walk that narrow road, C.S. Lewis in the same book said, for those who find themselves in paradise, in the paradise of God, they will look back at earth as if it were an antrum or a foyer, and they will say, all the hardships, the curses that I endured were a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they directed my faith toward God. They told me that I needed someone outside of myself, and I turned to God and found faith. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and so that is what we got to play for this right. long game. Which it goes back to, you say this all the time. That we need to live for eternity, mm-hmm. right? And your your rules, right? Your three rules three you have. Rules. Rules. <laughs> your three rules. Um, First one. Keep it simple. Same real. Oh, that's, same a, real. that's the second, third this one. This life is virtual. Right. This is virtual. This is virtual. In the sense that. Now, I'll give you scripture for it. First John okay. chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. This life is virtual. It's all temporary. So everything here. Right. It's going, it's going to pass away. It's yes. going, to, it's going. I mean, you see that throughout scripture. Yes. All over the place. You know, we're like grass. Second rule. It's going second to rule. I don't know. I don't remember your second oh. I, don't, I don't know them in order. Second rule is you're entitled to any crazy you want. Oh, yes. You just can't insist that I go with you. And the third rule? I already said it. Keep it, keep it simple. Yes. Keep it but, simple. Um, yeah, but I think that that first one of it's true, right? This, this, is, this is temporary. We need to live with eternity in mind. Always. And I think it's so true because it does. It helps you to... It's going to be worth it all, right? When, mm-hmm. when you realize that, oh, this isn't the end. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it to, to keep pressing on 
And see, and that's why these these kids selling crack and, and cocaine on the streets there in Chicago and Richmond and Detroit, uh, uh, where right side of Illinois, uh, wherever they were, Chicago, Illinois, is that they couldn't see anything beyond today. Right. So you had young men on the streets, 18, 20 years old, and they're saying, well, you know, I just got to live for today because I'm going to die young. Mm -hmm. And they said that as if that was a period. And they don't understand. It's not a period. It's a semicolon. You got another thought coming. Hmm. And that thought is, is that you're going to be eternity. Right. The question is, where will you be? Hmm. And hmm. I think it's so hard for us to, to swallow this pill because even the mother of their, of these young men who found themselves in prison, they said, Oh, they're good boys. Hmm. See, hell's going to be full of good boys hmm. and good girls. Right. Because Jesus said, he corrected the, the rich young ruler. Why do you call me good? Only God is good. Mm -hmm. See, the, the reason the young, rich young ruler said that is because he thought he was good too. So. Right, I'm, I'm doing pretty fine. I, I'm like, keeping what? all these rules. No, no, no. Right. You can set any standard you want for yourself. But mm -hmm. if it doesn't reach the standard of God, right. you're going to come up woefully short. You know what's so interesting? Because I think... The gospel is so, it's very straightforward. I mean, a child can understand it. Right. You talk to a little kid and they're like, yep, they get it. Yes. We complicate things, right? Because we want to do our own thing. Yes. That's why, yes. Because it is really simple. But mm -hmm. because then I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, why is it so hard, you know, sometimes to stay, like, right mm -hmm. on that narrow road? Why? It's so sad to think that few find it. And I just believe the Bible when it See, says that. See, and this that, is what we do. Lord, help us. And I've heard ministers do this. They change that. And they say, well, it's not really a few. It's, it's a few compared to all the people who lived in eternity. I mean, uh, in history. It's, I'm just like, you can shake that up any way you want. Right. And the end result, there's only going to be a few that find their way into heaven. Right. And it won't be because God's sitting in heaven hating you. It's right. because you chose sin. Well, I just think about, I was reading earlier in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay. And even Paul, you know, he's, he's saying... Basically, that he he runs a race to win, right? He beats right? his body daily, and then he says this, and he says basically to beat himself, lest he find himself disqualified after preaching to other people the truth. And I've heard people debate that, and I say to you, I don't care what disqualified uh, means. I don't want to. I don't want part of it. No, I read that, and I'm kind of like, shoot. I was like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting, and I'm like, yeah, it's obviously Paul knew something, like in the sense of you can. Preach the truth, mm -hmm. but it not you not living under the the, tr the truth. Like I said, you can have the map, you can know it's the right way. Yeah, so I was and like, if you shoot. don't follow it, you might as well not have had right. it. Right, and then even going into chapter ten, and he's saying, "Y'all, I'm telling you this to remind you because if you remember the Israelites, Oops. they they were following Moses Oops. and God doing all these things." And he said, and then I was reading the English Standard Version, and then it said. Um, Paul wrote basically saying, but God was not pleased with no. them. And that's one person you don't want mad at you. What does the book of Hebrews say? It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the right. living God. No, you don't want to go there. You know. John the Networks, sinners in the hands of an angry right. God. Ooh, you don't want to go there. Don't you don't want to go there. there. Look here, we've had this thing a little while. We've got to get off this horse and let it rest. We've rode it pretty hard so far. So we're going to go ahead and bring this one to an end. And we'll yep. come back next time and talk to you about some other things that are coming up. But until next time, you know what we say? Get behind the wine. You know, there's a lot of things happening in this country right now, uh, a whole lot of stuff happening, and we want to talk to you about those coming up. But don't be confused mm -hmm. by the flashy and silver lights you see, because all that glitters ain't gold. True. All that glitters ain't gold. So until next time, take the time to get behind the white.
Love you. Peace. Peace. We're out.